Welcome to the Weekly Review. This is Roman. That was a, a pretty sad song by Kate Bush called This Woman's Work. A friend of mine recently posted a, an update that was requesting sad songs or songs that make you feel really emotional. And that was one of the ones that somebody had suggested. And I thought, wow, let's take a look at that one. And I usually do like to play more upbeat uh, and, yeah, more upbeat songs on this show. However, there's always room for more songs. And I also appreciate hearing music I haven't heard before. And hopefully, for some of the listeners out there, songs you haven't heard either or haven't heard in a while. So welcome to the show. I'm a little bit sleepy. had a long week, so being upfront about that. And I was working as a standardized patient at UCSF, which was interesting. And it was cool working with some first-year medical students. And as they were learning uh, certain things about how to interact with patients, it was cool. I don't usually talk about my personal life on here, so maybe I'll, I'll leave it at that. But it was an interesting experience, and that was cool. I'm grateful to have had that opportunity. Also grateful for Blake, who is our 11th donor to the show. We now have reached our first goal of monthly donations, which can cover the cost of the space on a monthly basis. So very, very grateful uh, to Blake and all the donors out there for being able to contribute what you're able. Also, if you're able to, please check us out at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev and support the work we're doing here. Uh, This is a labor of love. I'm happy to be able to provide music and news stories without the, the, with a of the I'm really waking up here sometimes I'm just going 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 and today I'm a little bit slow starting out want to be able to provide news that really sees things the way that a lot of folks see them which is questioning the people in positions of power questioning the stories put forth by law enforcement and government forces and uh, a lot of the, the mistruths, untruths that we're told a lot and wanting to help empower people. So thank you for listening in. I'll wake up soon. I, I hope that's the case for sure. <sighs> so this has been quite a week, and I say that every week. I'll do a, a trigger warning that we're talking about news events, current events that happen. And a lot of it is, it's a lot. So wanting to wanting to open up the show with that this morning, this afternoon. It's the afternoon here. It feels like the morning, though. It definitely feels like the morning. So there have been a number of shootings in in this occupied land for a while, and the most recent one, seventeen students were were killed, and the NRA is still like pretending it's not a problem, and politicians are still taking money from them. And students are speaking out. And students have been speaking out for a long time about a lot of forms of violence. There's police violence in this country that people have been speaking out about for centuries, since the beginning of the police force here in this country. And it's interesting to see what people choose to pay attention to and what people choose to get uh, upset about or focus on. And as far as the the debate for quote-unquote gun reform... Uh, really, a lot of a lot of folks are really encouraging people to look at the the broader picture, and that's the police force and the military, and to do what folks can to support organizations like uh, Stop Urban Shield, which really f- encourages the militarization of police. 
So it's not like this came out of nowhere. Yes, it's toxic masculinity. Yes, the majority of these shooters are young white cis men, or sometimes older, I suppose. And it's also to look at the look at where we're living. We have these the how much of our taxes go to the military? What does our what is our military doing abroad? What's happening here in this country? How many people are locked up? How many of these problems or situations is the the answer that a lot of people s seem to look at through punishment instead of re rehabilitation? When when folks are looking to punish people instead of help people, I think that's a problem, and it's also a problem that the answers to violence is more violence in terms of arming teachers. Philando Castile uh, was a, worked at a school and he had a registered firearm and he was murdered by police. Also, teachers are underpaid. And there are these folks who, you know, if you really care about students, why not pay teachers more so they don't have to buy their own supplies? Why not make sure that all students uh, have enough food to eat? These are just basic things that I think a lot of us think about, and it's just frustrating. And we're really seeing the divide here with how some people in positions of power want to handle this thing, which is going the exact opposite direction. And also just how more militarized this the country has become. It's like this increase. And one can feel that with security, with the TSA, like when one is, one is flying, or just even seeing the, the militarization of police not that folk not that police didn't used to kill people they had fire hoses and batons and now we're seeing just like this kind of warrior cop mentality where they're getting even more and more <sighs> tools to harm people and like obviously i mean it's such, it's so ridiculous at the idea that they're they're here they say to serve and protect um but you don't need a you don't need a, a badge to protect someone. You don't need a gun to protect someone. It's something that you can do as a human being. I think most people on this planet have had the opportunity to protect someone or stand up for someone. I shouldn't say stand up. Have the opportunity to show up for someone in a way where they can they can do that. You don't need a weapon to do that. It doesn't have to be your job to do that. And I'm going to read something that uh, that was posted very very recently that I think really just summarizes <laughs> quite a bit of uh so so named uh samuel sinyangui uh posted after columbine over ten thousand school police officers were hired just in case a school shooting happened two decades later they haven't stopped a single school shooting instead they've arrested over one million kids mostly students of color for routine behavior violations so it's, again, it's like this, there's a problem that's happening, and instead of actually looking at the root of the problem, who, who's doing it, they look to punish almost everyone else, or punish folks who don't fall into that particular demographic. So I wanted to put that out there. And, okay, talking about weapons, gross. And also, there seems to be some miscommunication. I think there's a lot of us who are very wary of the whole idea behind gun control and that letting the cops <laughs> letting the cops and military have the guns and no one else have it isn't a good solution either. So, I don't want anyone to think for an instant that I'm like, "Oh yeah, let's arm everyone and da 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 da." I would in my ideal world personally, I can only speak for myself, 
it's something similar to the original because i didn't see the sequel the day the earth stood still when the aliens come down because we can't depend on depend on humans anymore at least i can't for the most part maybe i will by the end of the show maybe i'll feel like uplifted and optimistic enough too because people are, are people are speaking out and protesting and that's great however uh, the idea that the aliens come down and they like make all the weapons and tanks disappear and it's from the army pretty much. So it's like if you get like all the weapons to disappear, then that's great. I think that would be my preference. Um, that's that's the thing. I don't appreciate the that idea of, oh, only cops can have it. I think that's really dangerous and that's not going to help people either. So I just wanted to put that out there. I don't want folks to think for some reason. I'm like, yeah, let's get everyone armed. I think in the meantime, if cops are going to be shooting people, people need to defend themselves. So that's my uh, that's that's my statement. I've never held a gun. I'm afraid of them. I don't necessarily like them. I've had relatives who were murdered by people who had guns. I know people who've been shot. Like, I mean, it's one. I don't think one can like exist in this country and not know someone who's been harmed or killed by gun violence. It's the kind of my. My idea is just to kind of to expand when we talk about gun control, get it out of the hands of the oppressive forces too. So, yes, I'm for gun control, and let's look at the let's look at the broader picture. Let's look at the people in positions of power who already have these weapons and take them out on people all over the world. Let's get rid of all of them because you can't just say, "Oh, only some people can and some people can't." Okay, that's my that's my opinion. I think there's some folks who may agree, may disagree. And also, there have been a number of articles. Perhaps I'll get to them. If I feel... I guess if I want to feel sad, I can just listen to more Kate Bush. I don't need to read the news. However, <laughs> there have been some other articles that have been coming out talking about how the police, as a lot of us know, work with neo-Nazi groups and defend them. So when they've had their marches, they will the police will defend them and or the police will target uh, leftists, anarchists, folks who are communists, folks who are pushing back against these neo-Nazi folks. So, again, that idea if like the neo-Nazis and the cops have guns and they're trying to harm the rest of us, how is, yeah, that's... We need. To, how are people supposed to defend themselves? And someone wrote a first-person piece about that. I posted, and there was some discussion about that. And this person was saying that he had no one to protect him. So in his case, he never even used the weapon. He just kind of had it for show to get these literal KKK members to leave him alone. And I think folks need to need to recognize also that everyone's experience is different. So we should be listening to the folks who are the most marginalized and the most at risk of from uh, state violence. So, and take, and take their lead instead of saying, Oh, I know what's right for everyone. It's I only, I, me, I can only speak for myself and from folks I, I speak with. And if I feel like it's important just to be as much as open as possible. And that's, and that's where I'm coming from with this. And I hope folks can appreciate that and hear that and understand that cool cool all right so we have a guest coming in in a little bit and in the meantime i'm going to get to some articles if i may and <sighs> good to take uh breaths in and out very very important to 
just <sighs> be centered for a little bit. All right. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to to get to today, so we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna get to what we can. And and here we are. And oh, so Billy Graham died. And yep, he was someone who preached. He said he said some extremely homophobic and terrible things. He blamed folks for getting HIV and AIDS. And and the I I picked up the actual newspaper, the San Francisco Examiner, the other day, yesterday, which was the other day and yesterday, and they had an obituary, and they didn't mention that at all. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting piece to leave out. That you're going to leave out that this person, um, this this person kind of enforced this really homophobic mentality and this like horrific while folks were dying and losing loved ones while folks were dying from HIV and AIDS to that they didn't mention that at all I thought that was really horrible so anyway moving moving along Ah, lots of emotions. There are some positive things, and now a lot of young people are speaking up, and I know old people also are speaking up. Everyone's speaking up. However, also wanting to uh, give credit where credit is due to younger folks, and people have been really speaking out, especially some of these young students at the high school. Emma Gonzalez is one of them who's been speaking out in particular. And so now some of these big corporations that were had links to the NRA, which I think a lot of us didn't know about, they are now finding themselves without their people have put pressure on them to stop their um, connection to the NRA. So one, uh, so FedEx, which I didn't know, uh, Norton, I didn't know about them either. And Wyndham hotels have dumped the NRA as backlash intensifies. And there's an article that's on politicaldig.com. So now they're facing even more, the NRA is facing even more backlash. And I think for a lot of us, we knew they were bad and we knew they were giving money to politicians, but one wasn't quite sure where that for the as far as the the companies go and corporations go, and I'm all for a boycott. So, I think that's great. Uh, there's an article on LeeCamp.com. Bottled water industry wants our water infrastructure to collapse. Like a lot of us already know that Nestle. Please, another boycott that should be lasting forever. Do not buy Nestle products that includes their water, that includes their candy bars, their chocolate. They were involved with the v- supporting the Vietnam War. They've been involved with a lot of really bad. There's like just so many reasons to not support Nestle. And the the head of Nestle had was stated as saying that he doesn't believe that water is a human right. And they're looking. They've also done illegal like water. They've just been getting water from places they shouldn't and selling it off and of course these these bottled water companies want to 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 steal water from from the rest of us and profitize off it so that's an interesting article folks can read if you want to learn more about that Oregon legislature passes bill banning people with domestic violence convictions from owning guns i think that's great and moving downwards also i'll do a um, folks who see Black Panther, if you haven't already, or see it again, highly recommended. Great movie. Check it out. And also there's an article in Wired.com about the cinematographer, and it says uh, the Black Panther director of photography is a cinematic superhero. And and it says uh, she became the first woman ever to be nominated for the Academy Award for Cinematography is one of the, the quotes that um, 
is listed in the article, and it was written by Angela oh, Watercutter. And I have to excuse myself. I'm feeling a little bit, just a lot, a lot going on right now. So, so she also did the uh, cinematography for uh, Mudbound, which I highly recommend, and folks can check that out on Netflix. So there's that as well. Moving along. And uh, South Africa's new president has said we will seize white land, and that's an article in um, readice.tv. Folks can check that out. Also, extreme right leader violently attacked by protesters in Sicily. And that's on the local.it. Uh, Anchorage posed to, poised to vote on worst anti-trans bathroom bill to date, and that's on intomore.com. And moving along, federal immigration officials conspired with New Hampshire police to circumvent state law, and that's on ACLU.org. And uh, teachers in West Virginia stage walkout mm -hmm. uh, over wages and benefits. And also note, uh, SF artist slaps notices on vacant SROs to spotlight homeless. And we get to one more article, and then we take a brief music break for a bit. And this also goes back to the NRA and different groups that they are connected to. And as someone who likes to ride bikes, I was a little bit uh, shocked and saddened to hear that they have a deal with Bell and uh, I guess it's pronounced, it's G-I-R-O, they make the bike helmets. And so for folks to perhaps purchase other bike helmets if need be. Um, also something on a positive note, uh, Koreatown Popular Assembly shuts down an ice van. So that happened a few days ago. So grateful for the activists down there for doing that. All right, so we're going to take a bit of a music break, and then we will be back in a little bit. So please stay tuned, and we'll be back soon.
welcome back to the weekly review. I'm joined here by artist Nava Mao. Nava, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've been talking about uh, having you on the show for a while, so it's really nice to see you in person again. Yeah, finally. And I will say it's completely my fault that I haven't been on here before. Oh. <laughs> I know I was going to come on when I was doing the Brouhaha comedy show. Oh, that's right. Yes. That was so good. Yeah, that was <sighs> last summer. Um, and I think I think I was sick the the day that I that I was supposed to come, so I, I wasn't able to to join. But I'm ve I'm very excited to be here today. Yeah, the Bruhaha uh, comedy show was awesome, and that was like Peacock Rebellion. Yeah, one of the... yeah, Peacock Rebellion's uh, you know flagship show, Bruhaha. Um, I was very fortunate to be a part of it for two years. Um, the first year I was, I was a co-producer and a co-host. Mm -hmm. And then the second year I, w I actually performed a set and was able to, to coach, uh, another performer's set as well. It was a lot of fun and, and to be around a whole bunch of funny people, it just kind of, it just brings a smile to your face. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had a Charlotte on the show. Yes. Um, yeah. Charlotte I was Tate supposed to come on with Charlotte. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great. As someone who's done comedy, like I kind of stopped doing comedy because I just started talking about politics and then it stopped being funny because I got so angry and it made audiences very uncomfortable. Um, it was really great to be able to go to a comedy show and to actually be able to laugh and not to be and not to fear what some of the comedians would say. Yeah. Which I yeah. think in a lot of the more maybe mainstream comedy settings that happens. Yeah, that's the expectation. You know, when I go to a comedy show or watch any any type of comedy. I expect that I will be offended. I expect that that they will say something that it you know contributes to hurting other people. Um, so I I was very again very fortunate to to have such a a wonderful experience with with that type of comedy. Oh know, yeah, political comedy and yeah. sort of healing comedy. Yeah, definitely healing. Definitely comes up for me too. Mm -hmm. Where it's nice to be able to be again to be in a setting and to also be able to relate in some ways to the folks on stage and to what what they're saying mm -hmm. and to again like not feel attacked or afraid mm -hmm. of being attacked. Mm -hmm. Even though I will say Bruhaha has been controversial, yeah. right? Like there was definitely backlash from white people, um, <sighs> and, and some of the some of the iterations of the show. I see. Just given the the content, you know, it being a all POC mm -hmm. uh, review, yeah, and um, and people talking about white supremacy and people talking yeah. about racism, there has been some backlash. You know, I think that not everybody out would would say that it was healing comedy, but mm. I think that what was important about that uh that program that project was that it centered the healing of cutie pock people yes um so which is like the i i would say it's the most important i mean that's coming from that perspective i don't know i just feel right, like no especially yeah. i mean again like talking about the history of comedy and yeah. who ends up being the butt of the joke and who gets to tell the jokes yeah it's cutie pock who frequently do not get to tell our own jokes and tell our own stories so right. it was beautiful it was yeah. beautiful to be introduced to that world oh yeah mm -hmm. definitely yeah as a yeah as an audience member and as yeah again just really grateful that that i'm that i'm happened. so glad people enjoyed the show because they're even though it feels good to be performing and you appreciate people's performances it there's always that feeling of like oh 
maybe this is gonna be stupid <laughs> oh sure there's like a vulnerability of yeah. putting yourself out there yeah um so it's it's it never um it never loses meaning to hear people say that they enjoyed the show so thank you <laughs> oh yeah i'll be saying that every day <laughs> definitely yeah <sighs> yeah so i i can also i mean I relate in terms of the the not knowing how people are going to take it maybe. So maybe some of the, the fear about going up and, and doing it certainly. And then also the, yeah. um, I, I did have like a little bit of coffee beforehand. So my mind is like a little bit, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit rattling when we get my thoughts together in a, in a, in a, uh, I'm going to say, I'm and I'm in the opposite state. I oh, haven't okay. had enough vegetables this week. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm a little foggy, I will say, but I'm I'm trying to pierce through the fog and, and oh, be, sure. be present. <laughs> sure. Um oh. oh yeah. Oh, it's the even if people aren't necessarily laughing too, it's like to, just to know that people are hearing that. And I think that's something too with with comedians in particular, even if the audience isn't necessarily like laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. One still, you you still may, might say something that people are thinking about and taking with them, and they just might not have that uh, like auditory uh, reaction. Yeah, and I think that was another thing that I appreciated about the framing from Peacock Rebellion was to value storytelling. Mm-hmm. That it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to follow the classic stand-up uh, framework. Yeah, you know, storytelling can take many forms and have you know different effects for different people. And I, I think that there there's value in that as well. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it more because it's also coming from a more personal perspective where it's mm-hmm. like this is the only person that this has happened to in a way where it's like it's universal and it's also personal as opposed to a joke which anyone can kind of mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that's, that's where for me some of the truest art is born is from your personal experience oh yeah and and of course that's tricky because because you you want people to identify with your art or you want people to understand your art right yes yes I do. yeah oh of course <laughs> i think mo- i think most <laughs> artists want to have some level of understanding of their art i don't know that that many people you know want to create art that nobody understands at all yeah <laughs> Even though that is the purpose of some art, sure, some art is made to to disrupt and 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 permanently disrupt and just exist in in a sort of like a fuck you space. Yes, yeah. Um, and I appreciate that art, but I think that when it comes to at some point, most artists I think want to be understood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it's another form of expression that mm-hmm. if one doesn't have a chance to, I mean, I, I started doing theater when I was younger cause I was really shy mm-hmm. and it was what I thought in some ways supposedly like a safe place for me to then explore mm-hmm. and then either create characters or create some kind of story mm-hmm. or to communicate my feelings in a way where I wouldn't feel threatened necessarily mm-hmm. or, or made fun of for doing so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, a sad reality is that for so many people, we are not encouraged to express ourselves yeah. through art, and we are not encouraged to tell our stories, and we are we are encouraged to, um, you know, adopt dominant narratives and to try to fit ourselves into the molds that were created for us. Yeah. Um. And and that it, that can be a lifelong tension to try to figure out 
how to create your own molds or yes. how to live without molds yeah and um how to say say no to all of those messages that we've gotten about silencing ourselves definitely all the more reason that's like so important also just for visibility and for folks to be able to see like oh if this person's doing this or creating this that means i could also do that as well yeah yeah i mean and that literally i guess i should maybe start talking about what i'm working oh, on. oh sure yes please please <laughs> um i that is literally what happened um for me in the past few months I have a friend, uh, Nana Dufour, and she is working on an incredible project. She's been working on it for a while. Mm -hmm. It's it's had several stages and there's more to come. Um, so uh, yeah, she's working on a project called Sprint. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a collection of different forms of performance and art. Um, and I won't speak too much on it because it's not my project. So I don't wanna, I don't wanna, um, uh, you know, misrepresent it, but, but she is a queer black woman who is a child of, of immigrants from Ghana. And so this project, you know, tells the story of a character, mm -hmm. you know, inspired by her. And, um, and she wrote a screenplay. She had a live production to to go with the unveiling of the screenplay and she launched a fundraiser to for this year's national cards festival mm -hmm. um have a a another live stage production that will be accompanied by five short films oh wow that are being taken from the screenplay um so She's making it happen. Great. <laughs> like Nana is doing incredible things and she has been such an inspiration to me um, in, in, in her audacity, right? To say, yeah. oh, you know what? I am going to do this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I am going to take this risk and yeah. um, I am going to make myself vulnerable on, on such a, a large stage. Yes. Um, and she successfully funded this project. That's awesome. Uh, it, it's incredible. And it's happening and it's filming and it's going to premiere this summer. That's great. Um, and I, I actually have a little, a little cameo. In oh, one cool. of the, we're shooting this weekend. I have a, it's a, it's a non-speaking role. I'm just playing, you know, kind of somebody in the corner of the screen, <laughs> which I'm blessed to do. And I'm very, very grateful, uh, to be involved at all um but but yeah her her labor and her effort and her um you know her tenacity in bringing this project to life inspired me to think that i could do that too oh yeah um and i'm so grateful for the way that the nana's friendship and her art have inspired me yeah. um so i decided to to also launch a fundraiser um, I wrote a short little screenplay for a, a short film, mm -hmm. uh, at the end of last year, it had been sitting in my mind for about a year and, and that's how a lot of my ideas work. They just sit and yes. bother me. Yes. <laughs> I convinced myself that I'm not an artist and I'm not a writer and that I should just give up and I should just let it go. And then I have to, and then the idea never leaves and it keeps coming back and it wakes me up. And finally, uh, one day I 
I had actually joined a writing group and I, and I was feeling a lot of pressure put on myself to prove myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very intimidated by the writing group. I, I, um, I just, oh God, everybody in this, in this group is so smart and such good writers and, and have a lot of experience and they're older. And it, I just was like, okay, I need to prove why I got invited to this group. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write this script today and I need to have it done by this weekend. Yes. And I just, I just created that amount of pressure for myself. And, and so I wrote it, it took two days and I submitted it and that writing group really helped me with, uh, with edits mm -hmm. and, and, reshaping it into more closely into what it is today and i just i don't know i, I was in mexico i went to mexico to i hadn't been back i'm from mexico um i was born in mexico city and i grew up there until i was eight um and i used to go back a lot more and i actually hadn't been back in about four years so I needed to go back. I was yes. desperate to go back. And yes. I also w went to take care of like legal name change and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in Mexico with my family and, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the, the pressures of, of having a full-time job for mm -hmm. seven days. Yes. And so I, I, I gave myself some time to reflect and, and I, when I came back from Mexico, I was determined. Yes. I was like, okay, I have to get this done. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. And so I quickly, quickly, quickly pulled this project together and I'm still pulling it together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I launched a fundraiser. I, um, found a producer to come on board Great. my friend chloe webster who uh, we've collaborated in the past on on a installation um it was a it was the audio project it was cool um and so she came on board we launched the fundraiser and and now we're living in this project it's called waking hour mm -hmm. and uh We've raised a lot of money Great. in the past two weeks. Uh, we've reached about half of our goal. Oh, wonderful! And we have, uh, we have a ways to go. And I'm feeling very confident and inspired by all the support that everybody has given me. I mean, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by by the excitement that people have shared for telling this this story. That's awesome, and we'll um, we'll share that uh, the link uh, afterwards, so folks who are listening right now can can donate if they're able, and also share that info. Yes, yeah. If at the very least, just to check out the project and see what it's about, yeah. who's involved, because it's oh, exciting. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to talk more about the like the subject of the? Film? Oh yeah, that's probably a good idea, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the film is called Waking Hour, and. It tells the story of a young trans woman who is pursued by a potential lover. So she's at a party. I think that a lot of people have been in the situation where you're at a party mm -hmm. and somebody invites you to come home with them. Mm -hmm. And what I what I am excited about this story is that it, it kind of gives us a dual experience right mm -hmm. we get to see what's going on in her head mm -hmm. 
what's going on with her monologue with herself and how she's making this decision. How does she yeah. want to move forward? Um, there's a lot of factors involved. Mm -hmm. Going home with somebody that you met that night. Right. This person is a man that that is inviting her. And she's trans and she mm -hmm. hasn't disclosed. Mm -hmm. And and there's also the slut shaming that comes with uh, being that girl that mm -hmm. does that thing. Mm -hmm. um, which, and, and, and all of these are fairly new to her. Mm -hmm. You know, she's young. Yeah. Um, and there's, she hasn't had a roadmap on how to navigate these situations. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us haven't, but I think in her situation, given all the compounding factors, she especially, it just feels kind of out of her depth. Mm -hmm. And so we get to see what she does. How oh. does she, how does she work it out? Yeah. Um, so, um, I, yeah, I can't wait. I really just can't wait. Uh, we're shooting in a month. Oh, great. And casting is this weekend. Okay. So little by little, this, this vision is, is becoming reality. Awesome. That sounds really exciting and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's so, I mean, as a, as a trans person, it's so great to be able to see stories not, that not only feature like trans folks, but are written mm -hmm. by, by trans folks. I think just to have that perspective on it instead of being told by cis folks who, who they think who we are, or just, it's so, it can feel really muddled and I don't even have the words for it, just how frustrating yeah, it can be. Yeah, well, I mean, no shade too much to the to the cis people but i don't think that cis people could ever fully understand what it's like to be trans and and i i don't know that i understood that myself mm -hmm. um until fairly recently i i've just had a few conversations and experiences where i realized oh okay yeah you'll never understand yeah and and that's that's fine that's reality that's life yeah that's that's uh that's what we're working with but i think that it's important to recognize the the challenges that may come from that the tension that comes with that yeah um and i, I think particularly the challenge that arises for cis people okay so i will never understand how can I still treat this person like a human? <laughs> how can I, um, you know, form relationships with trans people mm -hmm. and be respectful and responsible in those relationships? Yeah. How can I love trans people? Yeah. Even if I will never be able to personally understand what right. it's like to be trans. I think that particularly in, in American culture, there is a, expectation that it's I, I think there's a there's a there's an entitlement to understanding and this again is not necessarily coming from a place of judgment but coming from a place of observation yeah but i think that that has been the framing for a lot of of political discourse and a lot of sort of solidarity building is well if we just get people to understand us better then they'll treat us better and and I think that there there's truth in that mm -hmm. for sure, but what is it that you're trying to understand? Yeah, right. 
I don't think that people necessarily need to understand what it's like to be me, yeah. but maybe they're, they're, the goal can be to understand how to be in relationship with. Yes, yeah. And I think there's a difference there. Yeah. So yes, you people need information to be able to be in relationship with each other. Yeah. But I don't think that people need necessarily need to be inside each other's brains. Yeah. <laughs> you can communicate and right. you can negotiate, but but I I don't I think that it's okay if you never fully like you're not trying to become one another. Yeah. We're meant to right. be different. Right. We're meant to to have different perspectives and and I think that uh, a successful relationship in, in any kind. I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about professional. I'm talking about the stranger on the street who dropped their wallet and and, and, and you offer to pick it up. There's yeah. a relationship there. Yes. And I think that recognizing and negotiating difference for me is a more effective goal than trying to uh you know become the same yes oh yeah definitely that was a ramble i'm sorry oh no don't apologize it's a lot it's a lot of food for thought and it's really (laughs) it's great to like it's great to like to hear that and to like think about that as well too because i feel like there's just so much work that has to be done Mm -hmm. and also just in terms of like hopefully you know we all as human beings are able to learn and grow and like we make mistakes and that's part of being a human Mm -hmm. and what we can do is like learn from okay what can I do to like evolve as a human being Mm -hmm. and I feel like if everyone was on that page it would be like we'd maybe live in a society that felt like a little bit more welcoming and instead it seems that there's just there's not as much of that as there, there there could be or should be yeah yeah definitely and I, I should be clear that it is not a bad thing to want to understand people. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was I was talking about, you know, something very specific. Yes. And uh, yeah. intangible. But in general, that's, I think, what the purpose of a lot of art is. Oh, yes. I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. Is yeah. That artists want to be understood. Right, right. Um, but... Uh, I think that it's it's like what part of me can you understand? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the the actual lived experience mm-hmm. that belongs to me. Yeah. It can be what I'm communicating to you. Yeah. Well, I think there's that there's that saying that like art reflects who you are or the you see yourself in art, like art that's mm-hmm. done you you see yourself in that or, or, or reflects you back to yourself. Mm-hmm. in a way right exactly exactly i think that 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 speaks to engagement mm-hmm. right it speaks to um the opposite of erasure yeah and that's that's what i think is important to highlight and recognize when we're talking about trans people in film and yeah. art is how often we have been erased yes and invisibilized yes and when we are, you know, shown in narrative or on screen, it has often been from a cis lens. Right. And it has been telling lies about us. Yep. And being played <laughs> by like cis actors, which right? is just so like. Which is a lie. And, <sighs> yeah, uh, and, yeah. then, and, we, and then the stereotype that trans people are liars gets attached to us. Yeah. 
So, um, so I think that there is great value in, in people paying attention to what trans people are saying yeah. in film and art everywhere. And so we need more opportunities to, yes. to be able to tell our stories definitely, and to, to communicate and yeah. express ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And for, yeah, yeah, I cannot agree more. <laughs> <laughs> and for folks to be able to like share spaces, I think. Yeah. Is, is really important yeah, too. Yeah, because we're, it, that's the thing is we're already sharing spaces. Yeah. Yeah. We're already here. It's not like we right. just appeared out of nowhere. It's like we've been around since, but then it's also just like the, you know, Western colonization where that puritanical, like binary, gendered binary bullshit, which tends to erase people mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's so frustrating to have to remind people that no we've been here since the beginning right exactly we have been yeah <laughs> definitely ah um, i mean it's like artists it's, i'm so grateful for for artists out there making making this work it's just it's, it's funny so it's nice. funny because i mean i was telling you right before we we went on the air that I I struggle to identify as an artist. Still. <laughs> oh yeah. Still that, and that's honestly that's a little ridiculous. That's a little ridiculous. I've been performing since I was really since I was 3. Oh wow. But like officially since I was 8. Yeah. And I I feel like so many parts of my life are about art. <laughs> And yet I feel like I'm not entitled to that identity. Oh. Um, so I'm glad that I'm doing this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if at all, it's making me, it's forcing me to identify as an artist and oh. recognize the ways that that I am doing it. Oh, yeah. It, you know, the process of creating art makes you an artist. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Even if that means I've been in process, you know, for years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess the process never ends. Right. Um, that's something that I think I'm realizing is that it, it it's you hear you hear people say this. You hear people say that it's about the process. It's not about the destination. It's not about the product. But in this moment that I'm in right now, because I'm I'm also directing the film. Oh yeah. Uh, which I I think I you know I was like oh yeah I'll direct it and then once but i've never directed a film before mm-hmm. so now that i am deep in the throes yeah of directing i i realize just how much trust you have to have in yourself yes you have to just make decisions based on your intuition based on your vision and and then you keep it pumping. Yes. You it's on to the next decision. It's yeah. on to the next conversation you have to have and on to the next location that you have to scout and um and and that's the process. Yeah. That's the process and, and it once you get to live in that process, I think it, it has helped me recognize that yes, I am an artist. Yeah. I am supposed to be doing this. Um because as I mentioned, for there's plenty of times when I convince myself that this is all the lie that I've just told myself, and this is just a fantasy, and I should just focus on 
having a real job and a real career and um you know um and i i'm i'm living in the uncertainty of of the process yeah yeah i think i mean also just how unvalued artists are in our in, in this mm. culture it's like underpaid and undervalued is just so it makes me feel so enraged and also just knowing that like how arts funding is pulled from schools and has like the national endowment for the arts and how mm-hmm. art keeps us alive keeps so many of us alive yet when there there's not as much love for the arts and support for the arts as there really should be yeah absolutely i was talking to a friend who's a musician and uh yeah he so he just lives in music that's all you know that's all he ever wants to do and um i was telling him that i sometimes wish that i had continued with music you know oh, yeah? i've played instruments and i was in the choir and and i i am very musical i love to dance i love to sing and i love to engage with music but it's not my calling right there's just something i know that that's not quite what my focus is but i was like what well, it would be nice to just hop on a remix or something oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um just you know make a little beat or something just like to know how to create music and and to engage with it in a more personal way yeah um and he said well i think everybody wants to make music yeah and I just, I hadn't ever, no one had ever said that to me. I hadn't ever thought about that. And and I think that there's just such truth in that. Everybody wants to make music. Everybody wants to make art. And, and that is, I think, one metric for looking at if a society, if a culture is thriving. Yes. Are the people allowed to make art? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what we're seeing with this presidency, with this political climate, yeah. in addition to shutting down uh very needed resources like mm-hmm. healthcare and um shutting down p- people's access to housing mm-hmm. and employment, we're also seeing people's access to the arts yes. get taken away. Yeah. And um and that is part and parcel of a project to disenfranchise the people. Yeah. So fuck you, Donald Trump. Oh yeah. He's an <laughs> avid listener of the show. <laughs> I'm gonna get an angry tweet or oh. something. Just watch. <sighs> no, I mean the whole administration. I and and the the folks who I mean, it's them and then the that's people who support them. I'm like right. It's I mean it's you know he is the monster that was given fuel yes in yeah. in this moment but but we know that this has been in the works since oh, yeah. the foundation of this country yep the, <laughs> yeah it's like all systemic you know, this, it's yeah. literally just been building up to this moment right. so um so i think that on that same token we have to listen to people who have been recognizing the the evil yes of of the projects of white supremacy and colonialism and empire. Um, We have to listen to the people who have 
been studying that and fighting that since before our time yeah and have been living it yeah the answers have been there yes yeah the answers have been there yeah this is a a a scary time and this is a heightened time but the the context is not new yep none of it is new yeah I'm really grateful that you said that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's trying to get other folks to really recognize that and realize that Mm -hmm. it's not like we have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. It's, this is all just, it's kind of just gone into like the drive towards fascism has kind of gone into like overdrive Mm -hmm. in a way, but it's Mm -hmm. like definitely, yeah, it's, yeah, it's again, it's, it's nothing new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just seems maybe more extreme in some cases and maybe more people are being affected, but it's not like it's came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I guess I should be more specific. Black people have been saying what's wrong with this country since the country was created. Yes. Indigenous people have yes. been doing the same. Yes. So when I'm saying that we should listen to people who have been yep. critiquing and fighting and, and trying to dismantle the evil uh, that is that is in place, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm not necessarily talking about, uh, you know, Lady Gaga. <laughs> I haven't listened to what she's had. To, I mean, I yeah. <laughs> um, even though I think that obviously she, she, her intentions are good. Sure. There's a lot of, <laughs> the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, I guess is the saying. Uh, There's true. a lot of folks out there who, true. you know, what's the saying? Uh, uh, impact is greater than intent. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. <sighs> Well, we can take a little bit of a music break if that sounds good to you. Yes, that Um, sounds great. All right. Well, we'll be back in a little bit with Nava Mao. Stay tuned.
right. And welcome back to the Weekly Review. Joined here by Nava Mao. Nava, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to run my mouth. Oh, it's good. As I was saying, I mean, this is what this is. This meeting is there for. It's for folks to have discussions and to talk and mm. listen to each other. I hope I'm not developing any haters. No, no, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I no. A part. I mean, I will admit, I like to be liked. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. It's that weird thing where part of me is like. I, I've, I'm like, oh, I don't like authority, and I don't like da 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 da, and then I'm still like, oh, please love me. Uh-huh. Like I'm still like uh-huh. a little gentle flower. Uh-huh. I want you know people to approve of me, or mm-hmm. you know, think think highly of me, or at least think kindly of right. me, or you know, donate to my fundraiser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I hear that for uh-huh. sure. <sighs> um, yeah. what were we talking about? See, this is what oh. happens. Oh yes. When I run my mouth, I just. Uh, oh no, we were um, just get caught up. Well, there's also was the the magazine that you're speaking about earlier. Oh right. That we can talk about. Yeah. Um. So, I, as I mentioned, I was in Mexico mm-hmm. City, um, in my hometown, and I visited my friend Ricardo, who lives there. And he recently launched this publication called Aún. Mm-hmm. And Aún means yet um, in Spanish. And the the publication is like a, it's an ode to queer futures. It's, it's new. It's a new publication. One issue has been released so far. And he invited me to, to be featured in issue number two. So it started out as a photo shoot mm-hmm. and it just grew into a full-on collaboration. So we're very excited that this uh, issue number two is finally coming out. The theme is curves mm. and it features a variety of, of media, pictures, some writing, um, I don't know how much I'm supposed to give away. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's an interview in there. Um, yeah, I think it it is a beautiful product of of this this week that we essentially spent together. I, you know, I was with my family. I was taking mm-hmm. care of business, but yeah. I did. I got to see him a lot, and and it was so great to see my friend oh. in my hometown, and um, and. I actually haven't seen the issue. I think he's sending it to me today. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen little bits and pieces and I've, uh, you know, we've been talking through ideas this whole month. Um, and of course I submitted all my writing, but I uh, have not seen how it's all come together because that's what's exciting about a publication like this. Is oh, that yeah. it's, it's a it's a package mm-hmm. right the the colors and the images and the writing they are meant to be consumed together yes and it comes out on monday oh great yeah that's uh, exciting so if you want to see this publication you can follow me on instagram my instagram is navamau it's n a v a m a u or, or you should probably just follow both of us. I shouldn't say, or I should say, and <laughs> you can follow the publications Instagram, which is aun.pdf. So that's A-U-N dot P-D-F. 
awesome. Uh, yeah. So that comes out on Monday. And uh, I can't wait for everybody to see it. Oh, it's really exciting. And I'm a little nervous because I'm a little naked in some oh. of the pictures. <laughs> Which is also, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back to that, I guess, like the vulnerability and the risk uh-huh. of putting yourself out there and then yeah. the, the rewards of that. Yeah. Oh, nice. And you had also mentioned that there's a um, a panel on visibility um, right. Yes. Yes. Thank you for um, keeping track of, of of the things. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna be on a panel. It's a community conversation called Trapdoor, mm. and it is about transgender cultural production and the politics of visibility. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is incredible. Oh. Arya Said is putting it together. Oh yes, She's yes. LGBT policy mm-hmm. fellow at the. Um, at the Human Rights Commission, the SF Human Rights Commission. So um, I'm very excited for this. Uh, I'm going to be on the panel and uh, a few other artists. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a lot. See, I, I'm like, am oh, I sure. going to get in trouble for, for announcing these things? But okay. um, but uh, it's on Wednesday, March 21st Okay. from 11.45 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, again, this is put on by the San Francisco Human Rights Commission as part of Women's History Month. Oh, great. And I don't know the location of it yet. Okay. Um, but keep an eye out for this event. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about the the paradox that I think a lot of trans women find ourselves in, particularly mm-hmm. trans women of color, mm-hmm. where our visibility can provide opportunity. Mm-hmm. and can empower us and can bring us access to resources. Yeah. An example is my fundraiser that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I had to decide to be very visible. I have my, it's my face, it's my name. Mm-hmm. I have to identify myself as a trans Latina and have it be all over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and yeah. Tumblr. Um and it's been a successful fundraiser. Yes. <laughs> and yes. we get to make this film now. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, but there is some danger that can come with visibility. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, during the break, I was talking to you about how, I, you know, within all my oppressed identities, I am still always fairly close to the line of privilege. Mm-hmm. So it's not really me who will face the worst. Mm-hmm of of the effects that visibility of trans women has had mm-hmm. right like sure i'm often at risk for violence and there have been times where i identified that i was vulnerable to murder but it the 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 trans women of color that are getting murdered are black trans women mm-hmm. They're trans women who do not have the same level of access to resources that I have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that talking about visibility is very important because oftentimes we use that as a, a sort of blanket goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is visibility. The goal is representation. But it's important to talk about the ways that this is a trap door. Yes. And that's that's the the framing of this event is to look at what's the cost of visibility um and um and for me i i think that 
visibility needs to come with structural change. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that, that plenty of people have been saying. And, and so I, I echo that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just give us visibility. Yeah. You also need to give trans women of color and particularly black trans women and immigrant trans women access to healthcare mm-hmm. and housing and mm-hmm. employment. You can't just put us on the cover of a magazine you know, looking thin and pretty and light skin. Mm-hmm. You have to also hire black trans women. You have to also change the institutions that exclude us mm-hmm. from from access to resources and community and support and yes. uh, you know, uh, professional opportunity. Yes. So I'm really excited about that panel. I'm excited to be on that panel with artists. Yeah. Um, again, I don't, I don't know that I can reveal who else is on the panel, but I will say that it is one of my favorite artists and, and it is friends that I have, uh, known for a few years. And so it's, it's very exciting. It sounds wonderful. And will that be open to, for anyone to attend? I, I believe so. So, um, I don't have, like I said, I don't know the location yet, but I can, what I can do is give you my Twitter. Sure, oh, well. yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just plugging my social media accounts. Please um, do. <laughs> but yeah, I'll announce it on my Twitter. Okay. Um, so my Twitter is Miss Navamau. Mm-hmm. It's M-S-N-A-V-A-M-A-U. Great. Thank you. Yeah. I hope to see y'all at the panel. Yeah, that sounds really important and just grateful that that's happening. Me too. Oh. Thank you, Aria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aria was on the show um, earlier, maybe a few months ago. Oh, for real? So, yeah. Yeah, and we we're talking a little bit about, I think, uh, St. James. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also just the, the importance of, like, I mean, so often it's really just people doing it, you know, communities doing it, advocating for themselves. And uh-huh. it's really, that's what it's about. Uh-huh. It's about folks saying, okay, this is what we need instead of... Yeah outside folks saying, oh, maybe you should do this or that. And like, no, let, let folks actually determine what, what is needed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I just remembered, since you mentioned St. James, mm-hmm. uh, I do want to take a moment to plug my employer. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I've worked at KUAV, Community United Against Violence, for over two years. And... Uh, I, I will be leaving very soon. I'm going to be focusing on the film mm-hmm. for the next month. And then I have some adventures and uncertain plans to come. Um, but I I do want to highlight Kuava as a resource oh, yes, for yes. queer and trans people who are survivors or currently surviving violence. Kuav is an organization that works with LGBTQ survivors of domestic violence, hate violence, and police violence. Um, so the the support that Kuav can provide, I I have witnessed it be life saving. Mm-hmm. Um, these past few weeks have been very emotional for me. Um, you know, yesterday I was actually I was crying at work. Yeah. Um, uh, I had my last counseling session and I'm so, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of, of survivors for the ways that we survive and the ways that we, we pull it together, you know, the ways that we transform and that we practice love for ourselves. 
and um and I've gotten to see the beauty in that over the past few years working with survivors of violence so um some of the the resources that Kuwa provides are one-on-one counseling mm-hmm. there's a support group for LGBTQ survivors of violence and a safety line uh, in case you want support with safety planning, if you need referrals, if you just don't know where to go and you need somebody to talk to, um, that is available. So um, you can find out more information about Kuaf services at the website, which is www.cuav.org. And the safety line is 415 333 h-e-l-p or help thank you so much for sharing that and yeah really grateful that organizations like kuav are around yeah yeah there is support available yeah. um you know as i said survivors we know how to take care of ourselves but you don't have to do it alone mm. there there are resources available oh. thank you thank you so much for that yeah well, thank you for uh, having me. Yes. I think I have to go. Oh, I think so I have to go to work at oh, okay. Kuwa right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll take a bit of a music break, and we'll also be posting uh, some information about how to get the word out about the, your upcoming yeah. film. Yeah. And um, thank you again so much for being here and for everything that you've shared. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope everybody treats yourself to a smile today. Oh, thanks. All right. We'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned.
big thank you to Nava Mao for being on the show. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. We have shows here every day of the week, as well as live performances in the evenings. If you're interested in having a show here, it is completely free speech and totally open to whatever you'd like to do. There are shows here that do music, comedy, spoken word, talk shows, anything you would ever want. Um, so please do uh, check us out at mutinyradio.fm for uh, uh rentals uh, if you'd like to rent a space here for there are two hour slots every week and you can do a programming of your own anything you'd like to do and also we have the upcoming uh comedy festival that's coming up in, in i was gonna say 2018 which is what we're at coming up next week from march 1st to the 5th it's thursday through saturday 6 p.m to 11 p.m and sunday and monday from 5 p.m to 11 p.m there's 37 comics 25 shows five days live for 30 audience members live streaming and podcasts and you check that out at mutinyradio.fm come by in person to check out the shows 2781 21st street here in san francisco and it's sponsored by many different organizations and monday it looks like there's oh yes i'll read the schedule here as it's so nicely printed here on the cards. Thursday, uh, it's SF Locals opening show seven at 6 p.m. 7 p.m., Politics Are Funny slash I'm Not White. 8 p.m., Only Girls Allowed. 9 to 11 p.m. is Spark Presents Weed is Legal, which is a two-hour special. Then on Friday, sponsored by Rainbow Grocery, 6 p.m. is Newbies, which is less than two years of comedy. 7 p.m. is Millennials versus Gen Xers. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. is Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, a two-hour show. 10 p.m. is Rad Ass, Real Ass Dudes. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to comment on it. Saturday, the F-Bomb Comedy Train. Six, that's 3 to 5. And then 6 p.m. is Subliminal SF, live music, backed comedians. 7 p.m. is Cats, Cats, Cats. 8 p.m. is I'm Not White. 9 p.m. is Benders Presents, Oh My DUI. 10 p.m. is underwear only. Sunday, 5 p.m. is the roast of Jesus. 6 p.m. is Hell Hat Improv. 7 p.m. is Hell in a Handbasket. 8 p.m. is Karaoke Song and Set. 9 p.m. So Blue Dirty Comedy. Monday, 5 p.m. Clean Comedy. 6 p.m. Stand Up Tragedy. Interesting. 7 p.m. Rainbow Presents My Alt Life. And 8 p.m. is Best of the Fest Part 1. And 9 p.m. is Best of the Fest Part 2. So lots of comedians from over the country coming over. Please check us out. Uh, check out the station for the com- upcoming comedy festival. Great. There's also plenty of shows here. Uh, I encourage folks to check out our website. There's a list of different podcasts for the different shows, and you can listen in. Coming up next at 2 p.m. is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by 3 p.m. The Common Thread Collective. This here has been the Weekly Review with Roman. If you'd like to support the show, uh, that would be great. I'm going to ask for donations if folks are able from anywhere from a dollar a month up would be greatly appreciated. And you can check us out at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. And uh, again, we finally, um, after we have 11 recurring donors and we're able to cover the costs here, which I'm very, very grateful for. I've been doing this show now since 2013, and it means a lot to me that folks are listening, sharing the podcast, and for folks who are able to donate to do that. And if you are able to donate as well, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, anything to keep us going, greatly appreciated. So I think we're going to end there. And also I'm going to read one upcoming event before we go. And that is coming up now <laughs> from or 2 to 5 p.m. Um, the Shiro's New Space Open House coming. Uh, oh, it's a private event. So maybe I shouldn't read it. That's why it's important to check things before we read them, Roman. Cool. So, But it looks pretty cool. 
and so I'm not going to read the the all that info, but it's a it's a most overall it's a it's a new space open house, um, and I'll read more I'll provide more information when that becomes available to the to the public. So that sounds pretty awesome. So yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Keep on being yourself and speaking truth to power, and we'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. <laughs>
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. 
Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. T. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. 
Asiento. Come in after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. 